This is the Calm Living Blueprint Podcast, episode number six. Hey, podcast listener. Even if you are feeling alone in your pursuit of calm and confidence, know that today, right now, in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of others all around the globe seeking to do the same thing you are. At Calm Living, we believe it's only when we stop struggling against our fearfulness and our anxiety that we begin to find lasting freedom from it, to live the lives we want to live. That is what this podcast is about. Come join the Confidence Revolution. Well, hello. Welcome to episode six of the Calm Living Blueprint podcast. I am your host, Candice Esposito, the founder of Calm Living Blueprint. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to listen. I hope you get a lot of benefit out of it. Last episode, episode number five, we took a little departure from the format of previous episodes in the sense that the focus was more on optimizing your physical health, in this case through nutrition, in order to reduce the effects of anxiety. I received some great feedback about that episode, so thank you for that. That's something that will continue in the future. Today we're going to continue on the track we left off of in episode number four, which was all about how to unhook yourself from your thoughts. That episode was all about getting distance, getting distance from your thoughts, how to develop a different relationship with your thoughts. Because once we get distance from them, we recognize them for what they truly are, just a string of words, and that helps lessen their influence over us. Well, in this episode, we're going to learn how to handle painful feelings, feelings of anxiety and fear and depression, how to open up and make room for them, how to drop the struggle with them. Opening up to them and making room for them sounds a bit counterintuitive, doesn't it? The opposite of probably what you want to do. Why would I want to do that, Candace? I know, it sounds a bit strange, a lot different than probably what you've been told. But keep listening and I'll explain exactly how it works and how you can start implementing this in your own life right away. A quick reminder just before we get into the content that the show notes for every episode are available on the Calm Living Blueprint website. The show notes include the actual mp3 recording, the transcript of the podcast, any resources mentioned, as well as the home play that I recommend in each episode. The show notes for today's episode can be found at calmlivingblueprint.com forward slash six and that's the number six as in episode number six all right have you ever seen the film the proposition the proposition it stars guy pierce you know the actor that was in memento 
The proposition is this kind of grim and very violent western set in the Australian outback in around 1880. It was filmed on location in the middle of summer. Needless to say, the actors had to battle the blistering heat and huge swarms of flies constantly buzzing around them. Now, of course, the actors, they couldn't swat at the flies since that would ruin the shot, right? They had to let the flies, you know, crawl on their faces without reacting. One of the actors, Ray Winstone, you might know him better from the movie Hugo. He played Uncle Claude. Well, I remember reading that Mr. Winstone wondered how lions in wildlife documentaries always seemed so oblivious to the flies. And get this, soon he himself, Ray Winstone, was able to let the flies just be there without bothering him. He actually said they felt like feathers stroking my face. Feathers. Wow, that's a pretty cool shift he made, eh? Because normally we try as hard as we can to get rid of flies. We swat them, set traps for them, spray them. But think about what Ray was able to do. He was able to diffuse or separate himself from all those negative thoughts and mindfully notice the actual sensation of the flies crawling on him, which turned out to be not that bad as he expected. So why am I telling you all this? Well, no worries. I'm not going to tell you to let flies crawl over you. But I do want you to consider this. Suppose you could change your attitude towards your own fears and anxieties in the same way that Ray Winstone did with the flies. Suppose you could separate yourself from all the thoughts about how uncomfortable you feel or how bad things are, and instead of trying to make all those thoughts go away, you opened up to them. If you're thinking, why would I want to do that? Well, think back to what we talked about in episode number three. Trying to get rid of your fears and anxieties takes a lot of energy, a lot of time, and doesn't even end up helping you in the long run. The unpleasant thoughts just end up coming back. Plus, you can't really engage with your life when you're constantly struggling with your thoughts. Now, another objection I hear a lot from clients is that They feel they need to reduce the anxiety first before they can do anything else. I need to get rid of my anxiety first before I can actually do anything. Well, this is a myth. Research actually shows us the opposite is true. For example, a lot of studies have been done on test or exam anxiety. Now, you'd think that the less anxiety you feel, the better you would perform, right? But this isn't the case. What researchers noticed is that most people have similar levels of anxiety when it comes to writing exams. What determined how well they performed wasn't their level of anxiety, but their ability to focus their attention. In other words, if they could fully engage in the exam, Instead of getting distracted by their own thoughts, they performed well no matter how anxious they were. And this doesn't just apply to test anxiety. There are a ton of studies that examine athletic performance and sexual performance. 
all show similar results. Athletes and lovers who engage fully in the task perform best. Those who get distracted by their thoughts and feelings perform worst. Okay, so that brings us to the key step that I alluded to in the beginning of this episode. Opening up. To open up. Instead of trying to get rid of unpleasant thoughts and feelings, we open up and accommodate them. We make room for them and allow them to just come and go. It doesn't mean you have to like them or that you want them there or that you approve of them. You just stop investing your time and effort in fighting them. The more space you give those fears and anxieties, the less impact and influence they have on your life. Now there's a wonderful ancient Indian parable that illustrates this beautifully. An old Hindu master was fed up with the continual complaints from his apprentice. So one day he asked the young man, his apprentice, to fetch him a cup of water and a bowl of salt. When the young man returned, the master said, Now tip a handful of salt into the water. The apprentice did what he was told. The master then swirled the water around in the cup until the salt dissolved. Now taste it, he said to the young man. Again, the apprentice did as he was told. How does it taste? The master asked. Horrible, said the apprentice. Yes, very unpleasant, said the master. Then he asked the apprentice to follow him to a nearby lake. Now tip a handful of salt into the lake. The apprentice did. Now taste the water from the lake. The apprentice drank from the lake, and this time he smiled. Not so hard to swallow, eh? said the master. The salt is like the inevitable pain of life. In both cases, the amount of salt is the same, but the smaller the container, the greater the bitterness. So when life gives us pain, instead of closing in around it, like this cup, we would do better to enlarge and open, like this lake. Okay, so it's all about opening up, creating space, making room for these feelings. I want to stress at this point that we use this when it helps us to live the life we want to live. It's not about resignation or tolerating or gritting your teeth and bearing it. That's not what I'm talking about here. Okay, so for example, if you were in an abusive relationship, I'd advocate that you make room for the painful thoughts and feelings showing up instead of doing self-defeating things like drinking, smoking, worrying, and so on. And at the same time, take action to either improve the relationship or to leave it. We're going to talk more about taking action in a future episode. So how exactly can you practice opening up? Because talk is fine to initiate understanding, but experiencing it for yourself cements that understanding. Well, I recommend remembering the acronym NAME. NAME. N-A-M-E. Where N stands for notice. 
Notice your feelings. When fear or anxiety shows up in your body, notice where it is and what it feels like. Notice. A stands for acknowledge. Say something like, here's fear. I'm noticing fear. This helps you separate from the feeling. There's a huge difference between saying, I'm afraid, versus saying, here's fear. You are not your feelings. Your feelings don't define who you are. So make sure the language you use reflects that. M stands for make space. Make space. Breathe into the feeling. Make room for it. When we direct our breath into and around the feeling, it helps us to drop the struggle with it. And lastly, E stands for expand awareness. Expand awareness. Because at this point, we need to re-engage and connect with the world around us. Alright, so let's walk through an example together to help clarify that for you. Now to do this, you'll need to dredge up a common fear you have so you have something to work with. It could be something as simple as the fear of talking to people. Now, I know, I know that's not a pleasant thing to do, but stay with me here. Please actually do the exercise. Don't just passively listen to it. All right, so you have your fear, whatever that is. The example I'm going to use is I'm afraid of talking to people. Okay, so the next step is to imagine yourself taking some sort of action towards the goal of overcoming that fear. Okay, so in my example, it might be walking up to a person I want to start a conversation with. So imagine it as vividly as you can. What are you doing with your arms and legs as you take this action? What can you see? What can you hear? Touch? taste, and smell. As you imagine it, see if you can get in touch with your fear. So I'm going to move on, but if you need to take more time to tap into your fear, to actually experience it, please feel free to pause the podcast right now. You can always come back and play once you're in that space. Okay, so hopefully you've tapped into that fear. Now take a few seconds to scan yourself from head to toe and notice all the different sensations of the fear. What can you feel in your forehead, in your eyes, your jaw, your mouth, your throat, your neck, your shoulders, arms, hands, chest, your abdomen, legs, and feet. Scan from head to toe. Now zoom in on the part of your body where the sensations are strongest. Shine a bright spotlight on this part of your body and observe the sensations as if you're this curious scientist. If your mind starts to get worked up, thinking something like, I can't stand feeling this way, thank it for its comments and let it chatter away like a radio playing in the background. Notice where the feeling starts 
and where it stops. Is it moving or is it still? Is it on the surface of your body or deep inside? Notice the temperature. Notice the different elements within the feeling. Is it pulsating, vibrating, throbbing? Does it feel like pressure? Is there movement? Notice every tiny detail. See if you can discover something new that you never previously noticed about this fear. Now use a few words to acknowledge your feeling by name. Say to yourself, I'm noticing fear or here's fear. Now feel free to substitute other words if fear doesn't fit for you. Anxiety, stress, tension, nerves, whatever fits best. Try to do it in a non-judgmental way. Remind yourself, this is a normal feeling. This is what people feel when they face a challenge. Breathe slowly and deeply. First, breathe out. Push all the air out of your lungs, every last bit, until they are completely empty. Then pause for a second with your lungs empty. Then allow them to fill slowly from the bottom up. Breathe out slowly, steadily, completely emptying out your lungs. Then as you breathe in, direct your breath into and around the feeling. Imagine your breath flowing into and around your feeling. As you breathe into the feeling, imagine that in some magical way, a vast space opens up inside you. Instead of closing down this feeling, trying to squash it or crush it, you open up and make room for it. Again, you don't have to like it, want it, or approve the feeling. You simply allow it to be there. Keep those sensations under the spotlight, observing them with curiosity, and keep breathing into them. Open up little by little, progressively creating more and more space around the feeling. The final step is to expand awareness so that, as well as being aware of your feeling, you are also in touch with the world around you. So keep the spotlight on the feeling and also start to bring up the lights on your body. Sit or stand up straight. Notice your arms, your legs, your head, your neck and shoulders. Be aware of your body and your fear simultaneously. Now also bring up the lights on the world around you. Remaining fully aware of your fear and your body, also notice what you can see, what you can hear, touch, taste, and smell. This gives you an expansive awareness. Now you can engage in what you are doing. Excellent. Great work. If you've never done anything like this before, you may find it difficult at first 
and that's okay. Like any skill, it takes practice. You can practice this with any emotion, not just fear or anxiety. And you can make your practice sessions any length you like, 30 seconds, 30 minutes. With practice, you can eventually do this anytime, anywhere. And over time, you'll eventually be able to run through all four steps in the space of just one breath. Notice, acknowledge, make space, expand awareness. Alright, so here's your recommended home play for this week. Between now and the next episode, I recommend practicing making room for your feelings, just like we did right now. As soon as you realize you're struggling, just run through the exercise. So you may want to write down the key steps. Notice, acknowledge, make space, expand awareness. I've created a worksheet that you can use to help you do this. And you can find that in the show notes at calmlivingblueprint.com forward slash six. Now to finish off, I want to leave you with this question. Suppose I give you a choice. Option A, you never have to feel this painful feeling ever again. Never. But it means you lose all capacity to love and care. You care about nothing and no one. Nothing matters. No one matters. Life becomes meaningless because you don't care about anything whatsoever. Option B, you get to love and care. People matter to you. Life matters. You care about what you do and what happens. You care about friends and family. You get to build loving relationships. Life becomes meaningful. And when there's a gap between what you want and what you've got, painful feelings like this one will show up. Which option do you choose? Option A or option B? Which option do you choose? Alright, thank you again for listening. If you are enjoying this podcast, getting some value out of it, I encourage you to leave a rating and review on iTunes. The feedback helps me out a lot, so I know I'm not just talking out into some vacuum here that people are actually interacting with the content. If you've already left a review, thank you very much. Next week, I'll be traveling. I'll be heading out to Ottawa for a few days to attend our National Naturopathic Doctors' Convention. I'm letting you know that since the podcast may be delayed a few days because of that. I'll do my best to get it out to you as soon as I can, though. All right, so till then, I'm Candice Esposito. Keep calm and carry on. Mm-hmm.